0: Hi everyone, my name is Darren Griffith and you're very welcome to the 14th episode of the Lusk Athletic Club podcast. Thanks as always for listening. We're really pleased we've loads of new listeners and just to remind everyone to check out our series of previous episodes. There's lots of great content there and hopefully something for everyone. Remember this is very much a club focused podcast which should be catering for the interests of your regular Athletic Club member. Also, please do like, share, follow, and subscribe. We're delighted to have two brilliant guests on this episode. We have Aidan Omani, who you will all know is a fantastic sports person, but Aidan is also a community guard. So we're going to talk to Aidan about safety whilst running. We also have Lusk AC men's road running captain, Mr. Keith Green, a.k.a. El Capitan. Colin Wall talks to Keith about his involvement with Lusk AC. So first up, my interview with Aidan. So hi everyone, uh, we're delighted to have Aidan O'Mahony as a guest on the podcast. Aidan won many a championship medal as a Gaelic footballer, including five senior All-Ireland Championships with Kerry, and more recently a junior All-Ireland Championship with his club, Rathmore. Aidan is also a keen runner, uh, but most importantly for this podcast episode, Aidan is a member of An Garda Síochána and serves as a community Garda in Tralee, County Kerry. So Aidan, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me on. I'm delighted and uh, thanks, for, thanks for coming on. So Aiden, I'm, I'm hoping to talk to you about uh, your enjoyment of running, your, your charity work with CRY, and finally, and perhaps most importantly, the main focus of the interview is to get your advice as a community guard on how best we can all stay safe running and exercising on the roads. And in particular over the winter, and also yeah. maybe how to best ensure our personal safety whilst running. So, so look, maybe we'll kick off by saying, um, obviously as a Gaelic footballer, you're fantastic fitness and I, and I know you're a gym runner or sorry, gym
1: owner yourself. Um, how did you get into running or when did you get into running? Yeah, it, it was probably something that, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a uh, pushover kind of a myth that um, people talk like when you're playing sports or if you're playing, we'll say, a team sport that you shouldn't do road running or you know it'll affect your knees. Because any anytime I go running now, people always send me messages like God bless your knees, or and I'm kind of on my own wondering saying what am I actually doing. But um, I, I retired in 2016 from obviously into counter football, and um, 2019 I probably just started doing a bit of road running with a colleague of mine at work. And uh, there was like a 10 or 11 kilometer route we used to now at the very start, I found it very tough. and just different fitness, and it's well, trying to balance out the whole run that you're not burning all your energy to start and you're saving some. So, like, what I found what the great thing about running is there's an awful lot of thinking in it, and I, I think people don't realize that. That you know, if you're trying to peak for a run, or you're trying to beat a time, or you're trying to get so many kilometers in, there's a lot of thinking about it, and I, I even join out the Saturday morning park runs there where. I'm still trying to beat 20 minutes. I think during lockdown, I was very near it. And then everything <laughs> back up and sports started to take you over again. And uh, now I'm back doing it at the moment, every 5K k day or every second day. And um, that's one of my, my aims to see if I can knock that 20 minutes, which for a lot of people, it's easy. Uh, but at the same time, I'm still trying to keep my current gym kind of program going through. So I'll gym three or four days a week. But I really love the running. I think it's brilliant. I think even this morning now, I dropped off the kids to school. And it was absolutely and You're looking out the window saying, right, am I going to go at this or not? And then just the endorphins you get when you finish doing it. So, yeah, so I'd like just to just answer your question as well. How it started out just came with one of my colleagues said we go for a run, we started that. I did a half marathon, miles Gap half marathon, which is all downhill. And you'd never think that's something that'd be downhill. It'd be probably tougher than uphill, which is. And then we went from that and I think what I love the most about it is just the, the groups and the camaraderie. And when you finish, you know, everyone's waiting there and there's there's a massive acceptance. I think it's amazing because, like, when you play team sports, there's always a loser. But when you go running and do these things, yes, there's a winner. But when you finish, like, it's amazing to see people of different ages, backgrounds, and everyone is so welcoming and warm. Like, I just think it, it's... Running for me now at the moment is probably at the top of the list.
0: That's fantastic. Great to hear. Um, and it's, it's gas because... Um, you know, uh, obviously you played sports at a, at a, a very, very high level, but uh, the little bit of soccer I played and so on, you know, doing doing laps of the pitch was a punishment, you know. So I, I didn't, I thought runners were, were crazy for many years until uh, I decided to give it a go again. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with all that. The benefits are, are many and, and it's all about the people as well. It's um, so that's great about that you have the goal for the sub, sub twenty five k You'll get there, no doubt, but uh, you'll be working hard. Yeah. Um, but um, so yeah have you, you said you did the, the half marathon um, have you tried any other races or any memorable ones
1: yeah I, I did Dingle as well um, and that was an eye opener no, that was the first time where I got into the bus after I didn't speak I think for about an hour um, we got we got fierce notions I think after running the miles Gap that we, we'd catch the 140 pacer and we'd stay with the 140 pacer and then we'd take off so with all these things in no our mind with these permutations of what we were going to do and yeah uh, so we took off the start and half the road was opened. So I didn't realize that we were zig- zigzagging and now trying to pass people and get up the front to catch the one farty, but we were burning energy, you know, yeah. all the way up. So when I got to Slayhead, um my mind was burnt, drained. And there was a man I me the thing to be sitting in the ditch. And I was looking over and he was gassed out, and I was there, I sit down beside him. Or my mind was telling me just Sit down beside them. And then someone passed me and said, geez, and Slayhead, beautiful. today." So, yeah, so there wasn't a puff of wind. It was about 20 degrees. <laughs> I, I was out on my feet and I was looking over Slayhead and I was saying, to myself, if I never see this place again, I'd be happy. But we got through it. But um, I can remember getting into the after and just hitting, like, just that, that realisation, like, and you spoke there about, like in sport before, when you do laps and, you know, I, the, the punishment runs and stuff like that. That mindset, I hadn't, seen that mindset in a few years and that's half marathon that day um really tested the mindset the body was fine tired but my mind was there give up give in you know you want the through this you want the through this so it's amazing how the body didn't get you through these things and i I always look back that's the one that that kind of hit home for me where we we actually never found the 140 pesos because there actually wasn't one in the race (laughs) so and that was uh, we. Someone told me that when we got into the bus, and I was there, and I was kind of wondering coming back, I was thinking, like, why? Because I found miles gap. My first ten PR of half marathon was fine, and then I was talking to a guy who was doing running for age, and he said, like, what were you doing differently? And I said, I was in notes, and, um, and he said, you were you cutting back, and I said, yeah. He said, you were just burning energy. He said, you get getting the stores early, and you had nothing by the finish. But so it's, uh, it's amazing all that stuff you learn, and it's it's great as well because even when you're coaching teams now or you're coaching, like I do a lot of work in Castle Island in the clinic with Joaquin. Uh, I do performance coaching. I did UKSC there for um, two years and I would sit now because so I'm doing a bachelor of science history conditioning. But like when you're, no difference to talking to yourself, when, when you're talking to people, you actually need to kind of really know nowadays because there's so much stuff in social media that you have an idea what you're talking about. You know, when I started out playing sport, you know, our teachers or your neighbours, your, was your trainer and they were brilliant because they're great ways of both them. and nowadays it's, it's more gone into the scientific side they no different to running as well like I see the the marathons there now and the people that actually go out to farm, they're, they're just amazing I watched the Clarny when um, what was it a few weeks ago there um can't think of the name but I watched the first five people come in my god like it was you know, they were out in their feet but like i said their times were just off the charts so I saw all that training for one day, is just amazing to see.
0: Yeah, actually, they love it, and it's the trainers, have the fun as well, the journey there, as they always say, um, so that's fantastic, um, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's great that you mentioned, strength and conditioning there, um, would you have many, runners, come to your gym now, and look for a program, in relation to running, or, or any general thoughts, on strength and conditioning, for runners?
1: It's a great thing, because we have a variety, like, when I start first, you're kind of, in your comfort zone, in your gym, farmers coaching, which is was. Most- young players or young athletes that want to play soccer or rugby or hurling or football and you're in your comfort zone. And then I got a few athletes and people like they're doing show jumping stuff like that. And it's amazing then because you have to change your program and your mindset is changing. Like, like, what do these need? What's the benefit of them coming here? You know, a lot of the stuff I coach now would be, it's all movement, like whether it's Olympic lifts and people when they think hear of Olympic lifting, they think of fast that, like, But it, like Olympic lifting is... For me, it's brilliant in that everything is movement. So if you can't do the movement, then you're obviously, there's an issue or you're missing your mobility and stuff. And I found that out because when I started studying uh, UKSC, you have to do four parts of the exam where you have a case study, you have to screen and test an athlete, you have to give them a program for three months and you have to retest them. And then you have to reference everything you've done from the program you've done, why you did that program and the results you got then you have a plyometric speed and agility exam where you have uh, 15 minutes to warm up and do two scenarios when you're being observed. And then you have a case study uh, and you have to give it 20 minutes um, over Zoom and go through every single thing you did. And then the lifting parts so are on the day of the exam, you get the clean or the snatch. You have to talk through from start to finish, from the start to the lift to the transition to the catch and the finish. And it's amazing because I did two years of it. And when I finished playing football, I was saying, Jeez, you know, you're an athlete. My mobility was shot. Fourth day I was inside in the gym, and they're all along the rigs, and these lads are throwing the bars, and their elbows are up here, and I'm there, and I try, and I can't get the bar over my head. So it was a kind of eye-opener. I was saying to myself, right, being an elite sport, but you can't have the bar over your head. So you're obviously a deficiency in some of your movement. So I, I found love in for uh, Olympic lifting. And like what we always thought was when a young leg comes in or a young girl comes in, you break it down to the derivatives. So you're not getting straight away saying, right, full clean, full snatch. You're starting off with a first pull or a mid-tie pull or a catch. And they actually enjoy it because no different to, I suppose, their studies and with social media, there's there's a challenge in it. And I, I think that it's, it has all those moves. So high force, high velocity movement, so I think it's brilliant for young kids that they 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 see that side, and I think we're going into, um, I suppose, mindset now of movement, mobility is is huge for kids.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. And um, then also, I was curious: is there is there an active um, guard athletics club in Tralee? Um...
1: There, there, there isn't no. Um, see, like. For me, community policing, um our shift work has changed now, obviously in the last couple of weeks. So we're working six days on and four days off and you have to be flexible because of schools and talks and meetings um and like a lot of stuff where most people will have my mobile number, they'll ring me, you know, I'm always contactable and I think that's one important thing for community policing. But and I can see it in for I suppose lads in the regular unit when you're working 12 hours and you're working nights, it's very easy for someone like me to say, ah look, you need to get out and do a run, you need to watch your nutrition. It would be a brilliant thing to have, like, a club like that, but you probably need the numbers and the guards for it. Now, at the moment, we're we're probably getting numbers back in again. There's bigger numbers joining the force, which means, you know, you have more cover. I think, and I've said this before, and hand in heart, it's not because I love fitness and it's part of who I am. Like, there should be a thing where, like, I suppose a lot of forces around the world have a thing where there's a two-hour day um, for going into the gym or, you know, because like you're working 12-hour days, um, if you're not eating healthy, you know, your sleep pattern has changed. And if you're not training, then as I said, it's easy for me when you're doing multiple shifts and you get into a routine. I, I'm used to this. I'd always get in 20 minutes, half an hour. I think it's very hard for guards. And I think like you said, there's something like, like I know of the Brun Tri Club in Trilly and Clarney, and I'm going to join the Clarney one myself because even the swimming stuff, if you can get them into those clubs, I think it's very important for guards as well because fitness is, is huge. You know, it's no different mm-hmm. to eat from the, the work we do. You need That's to what
0: job helps manage the stress as well. And yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because what you what you deal with daily life, like I'm always thinking it's probably the one job. You walk out the door in the morning, you turn the key in the door and you don't know what's ahead of you. You know, and I was asked last weekend, you know, about people um retiring from the job and stuff. I, I suppose the guards like a business now, like where there's a lot of people coming in. it's, it's not for some people. You know, I'm probably looking off and community policing, it's rewarding Italians a lot of the stuff you do, you're coming up with new initiatives, you know, um to be involved in the community and the schools. And but at the same time, then as I said, it's tough. Some of the things you see in daily life, you know, you 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 when you're in college and you're going through these scenarios, you hope you'll never come across them. But then you have to like, and I know myself like, when I go in top schools, I've probably seen everything in the job that I've seen in the last 18 years um that you think you might never see, but you have to deal with them because you're the first on the scene, you're not going to pick up swarming. Someone, someone else can they do this?
0: Yeah, no, I asked actually because uh, there was quite a few people around, when I ran around the Dublin City Marathon there recently. There's quite a few, you know, you're trying to distract yourself with anything, but the, the guard of vest was uh, was on show um, throughout the, the course. There was loads of loads of guards running, but uh, which was great to see. They were. Proud of wearing their, their garda vest. So um uh, yes, yeah, so that's super. Um so maybe uh, moving on then to uh I know you're doing great work with uh, a charity called Cry. And I thought you might like to tell us a little bit about that, please.
1: Yeah, so I, I became involved with Cry in um twenty nineteen as an ambassador. Um I got to know some of the families, so cry stands for at risk in young people. Um so it's for like young people that Died due to a certain cardiac death. Um, I've known a good few of the families now that have lost young girls and boys, 19, 20 years of age, you know, very healthy and just dropped dead from sudden sudden cardiac death. Um, Pride in, they, they provide screening to families that might have been affected or might be affected long-term. Like I've got messages the last couple of weeks about people saying to me, oh, Christ saved my life just from the screening himself. They do bereavement counselling, you know, they do amazing work. And these families, um, a couple of weeks ago, myself and Denise and the kids went up to Kildare. they had a cry family day, and I'm then I listened. them and in the morning time they had five people on. I think they had a few from the, that, that work in pala and the in the clinic where they spoke about uh genetics and like the research they're doing into trying to find out what is causing this. It was just amazing to hear it. Because it was at such a level where the whole there was over two hundred people there, everyone could understand it. And the research they're doing to it is unbelievable. And um, then in the afternoon, the families spoke. Uh, the Greens obviously set it up uh, many years ago, and their son spoke about why they set it up. And his brother had died. And then uh, Liam Harley spoke about his daughter Eve. I think she was twenty years of age. They buried her on the day of her twenty first. You know, and you're sitting inside in the room, and I'm sitting beside his wife Marie, and your heart just drains from, like, um, you know, because when I go on the Camino with them and we walk the Camino every year, we did 2019, 2022, you go over to the first day, you sit down, there's a big round timber table and everyone speaks for the first time while you're there. And you get up and you see these amazing families that have lost a young child and they're, they're talking openly about it. They're on the Camino for the week, they're walking with someone else who might have just lost someone recently and they're giving them advice and like it's therapeutic and everything, but they're amazing families because you no know, doubt I have two kids here myself and I, can, I remember coming down the road with Denise and just kind of breaking down because like, it was just traumatic listening to them and that, that those grieving that they're going through every day and trying to move on with life and you know how strong they are to be able to move on. And then they're becoming trustees in the, in the charity itself and raising massive awareness and funding and stuff. So... Amazing people like so. As I said, I'm very fortunate
0: to with well, him. That sounds fantastic. It sounds like a like a brilliant charity. And as you said, it's it's all about the awareness. So th- thanks for that. And I know you, at the moment uh, yourself and your your friend Owen O'Shea are uh, in the midst or in the middle of running 200 kilometers to raise funds for for Cry. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we. we... So myself and Owen, Owen uh, is a friend of mine. Uh, a very good friend of mine, so he's from West Kerry. And um, at the start of the year, we got involved with the hurling team. And we said we'd bring in a kind of a, an ethos or a core value to the group that, you know, we do something different. So we sat down with the players the first night. And I just said to him, I said, look, when we're training hard this year and we're going through the hard runs and stuff, I said, myself and Owen will go run with you. So I said, I won't make you do something I won't do myself. So that was from probably January to June. And... um obviously a pause and the, the season finished. And then a few weeks ago, we started doing runs. We just said we'd do something for the winter time and maybe look at a, a 10K or a half marathon in January. And Owen was starting out as well, first, and like he's unbelievable mindset. And we started doing a few 5Ks and stuff. And then I went that day well, for the Cry Charity and I said to Owen, come down." I said, you know, we're out running every day. Why not do it for Cry? So we said, we tie ourselves into a leg of the Camino. So we came up with four different routes, like a 60 kilometer route, 100 or 180 and 200. Now we're be doing 200 each, so it's 400 altogether, but uh, it was great at the start because the energy is flying the first week or 10 days. And I said then, uh, he, we were out there last week <laughs> and it's gas. When we start out the fourth week, we were flying through and we are saying that six weeks and fly now and it's 5k a day and uh, then last week we went out for a reminder and I said to her about 4 kilometers in. I said, there's no talk today. <laughs> Pale and I was pale, and we were saying she's like we're, we're nearly three weeks now I'm thinking already, But uh, he's uh, he's currently in Spain at the moment, so I've I no pity for him. He's he's running in the sunshine there every day, and he's sitting that yeah, too.
0: Yeah, are you you're, are you monitoring Manstravi? He's doing the runs, he is.
1: I'm monitoring Manstravi. I set up a group between the two of us, so I think we're nearly up to 200k. But um, no, it, it's it's actually it's very rewarding, but like we always thought supposed to speak about the winter time, and you'll give yourself every excuse to come home from work and you see the dark nights and the dark mornings, and say right I won't do it now but like with this it's being accountable and in fairness there's so many people after kind of setting up to do it and they're doing all different routes and I suppose the biggest thing for us is it's just raising awareness for cry. and the best way to raise the awareness is getting more people involved and it's amazing people that reach out that have been affected by a sudden cardiac that I know my own dad passed a heart attack so you know, it, it makes sense to me to be involved with that charity as well, but it's great. It's finished on the 14th of December. We're going to do a 5K inside the town park and tree on the day, and hopefully we get lots of TY students and people around three just to finish with us. But it's it's a great six weeks Tim, because, you know, you're actually not just going down the road running for the sake of it. And then we're, we were thinking about double Marathon next year. We were getting, we're really carried away with ourselves In ah, good That's
0: stuff. Fun. Sounds good. you started here now, and There's no going back. You can advise Actually, yeah, so... Did you did you enter the lottery or did you did you put in for a ticket?
1: I think we're going to put in for the lottery. Yeah, so like it's, just when you see people doing, it, I think the, the biggest thing is like you'll always talk about doing these things, but unless you put your name in for it, you won't. And then hopefully we get pulled out. There's no
0: yeah. backing. Ah, yeah, and there's transfers. You'll, you'll get a ticket, all right. Um, that's brilliant. You will have a fa- super aerobic base after your your 200 kilometers. So, uh, but no fair play to you and Owen and all the other people. Getting involved in that run, and I'll actually I'll add the link to our program notes just in, in case anyone wants to to visit the website or or even donate to to your uh, charity run. So that that's absolutely brilliant. Um, so look, uh, just moving on to maybe the last section where we're going to talk about um safety on the roads and and personal safety. Um, and uh, you know it's something I think is really important. Like we're all out running the roads uh, during the weekdays and at the weekends and. Um yeah, I just think we need to pay a little bit more attention to to our safety. So, um, I suppose, in general, kind of our club members would, uh, for example, run in and around Lusk. It's a, it's a village in North County, Dublin. And kind of during the weekdays, we we, we run a, a kind of – it's a ring road, essentially. But then at the weekends, we, for our long runs, we'd be out kind of on the rural roads around Lusk. Um, so, if we got down to kind of brass tacks, could you tell us a little bit about, in general, the rules of the road for runners or pedestrians? And their rights yeah. and responsibilities it sounds all very serious but
1: uh i always say if you want to put someone on the spot you should bring them into primary or secondary schools but they'll always ask the tough questions when you're there and finish <laughs> you let the floor open but yeah i think for us especially as beauty guards when you're talk to people visibility obviously is key number one and i know myself when i'm running i always try to stay off the roads like i'm even when i talk about bikes and stuff now i know we're out there you see a lot of people with headphones and earphones whether they're slicing or running you Don't know, like the roads have changed when we started when we were growing up. You know, there's so much traffic on the roads now, people's lives are so busy. I always found lockdown was great, there was nobody on the roads, but now people are back again. The whole, the whole hustle and bustle you're coming into Christmas time, people are running and racing, or you know, so there's a lot going on. And I'm always seeing people on the roads, it's not what, what you're doing yourself, it's what's going on around you as you need to be careful of. And then, like, the visibility is huge. So, like, I still see people. That are running or walking or cycling on the roads without uh, a high visibility jacket. Like we give mobile stations, any most stations in the country have them as well. It's like I'm always saying to kids, do you wear them when you're when you're on your bikes or do you wear your helmets? And it's not like thing of, oh, it's not cool because if you fall off your bike, you don't have a helmet, then you're less likely to, to survive and the chances of with a helmet on. Like the safety side of it, like times have changed, you know, and this is not just an Irish thing, it's 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 a world thing where even when I go out running now, will I go out in the early morning when it's dark? I probably wouldn't, know. But like, and I'm the guard and like, I'd be well able to mind myself and stuff like that. But I'm always saying to people, like, if you're going to go for a run, get someone good to get you. Get a body system. Like, I said, no one go running now, no most stays there. Um, You know, if I'm, I'm talking to young people in schools and stuff, like, get a place and run the place where it's well lit up. You know, know your surroundings you know, you always have your phone with you and I know there's a button on the side of the phone you can press it, it's kind of an SOS thing on either side and a lot of people, I think, will give you out that they're they're being pressed too much, like they're being pressed in people's pockets and stuff, but at least you still have that awareness But then always let someone know and I know this might sound silly, but always let someone know if if you are going for a run, what time you, you are due back, whether you're supposed to be home or you're leaving the family or some of that, let them know what time that you're due to be back and they're small things. I know that we probably don't think of it much because when we get home from work, we want to get out the door, we want to go running. But like safety is paramount. Like you want to go out your door, you want to get your run done, and you want to come home again. You know, and I think it is important. And as I said, especially this time of year, because coming into February and March, the days get longer and the mornings are brighter, more people are out as well. And just in nighttime for like do is six, eight weeks, twelve weeks, three months, always brings someone with you, you know, because how many people who all say, <clears throat> "Do you want to go for a run?" They'll say no, and then you'll say, "Come on away! I'll meet you tomorrow night. We we'll go for half an hour. Bring someone with you. Always have someone with you because it's. I think it's. It's just very important that you have a body system."
0: Yeah, I mean that. That all sounds good. I mean, it's. I suppose. Uh, I, as, as as you probably know, I I, I travel to Trile quite regularly, and I run the a fantastic new greenway, the um, Tralee Phoenix Greenway. It's an absolutely incredible, amenity and lovely surface. But, you know I, I I leave the hotel and I I, I go off with my bottle of water no no phone I don't tell anyone I, I, I'm going um, yeah. and and parts you know those, those greenways are fantastic amenities but parts of them are quite isolated um so yeah as you said it's worth it's worth planning ahead um and one thing also I noticed you know if, if I'm running on the road and sometimes we're doing interval sessions uh, or if I'm doing it on my own and I'm I might run past the person nice and slow and then I know I have to turn around and run back fast and I'm always conscious that I might alarm them so is there any value in f- flagging that you're doing a running session or should you I behave differently and I, I never really know how to handle that situation to be honest you know I don't want to alarm anyone if I'm uh, running fast towards them if you get me
1: no I, I agree with you because I remember even during lockdown um I suppose from the station there was no one around and you would get up there you have the skinny mile there and you have the fat mile in the tree, and then you want to agree with. but I used to do intervals as well and you're always conscious because people are walking and next they're seeing someone going past some hundred miles and now they're saying what's yeah. going on here you know and I, it's, it's 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 probably scaremongering when when something happens in the country and it's all over you know the news and it's the main attraction which I suppose the last couple of weeks have you know it gets people's mindset think, and that's what we're always talking about, safety. And I think it's the biggest thing about community policing when we're talking about Halloween or nights and especially talking to young kids on bikes and people go out Because the last you don't want is to stop people going out their door from going to walk. And as you said, I think it's, it's a lovely routine to get into that. If you are staying away, even with work and stuff, that you can get out. Like you look at the park runs the Saturday and Sunday mornings. They're absolutely one of the best ideas ever. And I could like try to at the moment. They are probably they they are probably are a great idea at the moment where they do running, uh, running, cycling, and swimming. I think every week, whether you're in Clary, Tralee, I think different counties. So it might be an initiative for people to say, right, you know, can I sign? I think it's fifty euros for the year. Um, you know, you're not signing into anything. You're, you're with a group. I think the cycling is done indoors, the swimming is done obviously indoors as well, and then they do runs. They get a different location. A lot of the triathlon clubs will run with the park run on a Saturday morning at half nine. 25 minutes, you're you're in now. I think it's it's a good way if you're talking about safety and if you have that fear. You know, I, I tried last week. I did the treadmill. I wanted to do a 5K and went, my, my God, I the I, treadmill is brilliant. I, I love the treadmill for intervals, but when you're running five kilometres and you're looking at a screen, and the, the Wi-Fi wasn't great at the time, so I couldn't, usually you could put on a wood or something in your yeah. room, your, Virtual run, which is great, and I, that's why I love being outdoors because nature is brilliant. In the morning time, I know I see all the leaves in the ground. But I, I thought the five, the five of the treadmill would never finish. But when it comes to safety and parameters like that, it's. I think it's just important that if you get in with a club, like your 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 health and your wealth is everything. Um, if you can get in with a club, but more importantly, always try to train with someone, especially for the, these months because early mornings dark nights dark and if you're out in your rural areas like the phone i've, I've want those vests there and they're actually brilliant because I, I see a lot of people that they're still room with their phone stuff. So you can get a vest there they're online put your phone into it put your key in here and you have it in you know and you've like as i said i know you're running with earphones and stuff like that but at least you have that luxury that it's in front of you here if you need it
0: yeah so it sounds like the key thing, and I suppose it's obvious, but it, it's important that it's been reinforced. So it's, thanks for that. It is 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 running in groups. Um and then I suppose maybe on that, then at the weekends, as I said, we we would do our long runs and we we would run on some of the rural roads and we, we would run in groups. And we're lucky in the sense that most groups will have a kind of pseudo leader or, a, or, or the most vocal person there that will call out cars coming and, and kind of direct the group and keep us all together. But um, should we always be running against the traffic?
1: But so That's that, that... the one Do we always say to people is you, you still need to obey the rules of the road when you're on it, you know, and I think that's the big thing whether it's running or cycling. I think a lot of people at time where and like as I said to you earlier, when people are in cars, sometimes they, they need to be A to B in a certain time and they're taking chances And if two people are two and three abreast, then you obviously take a chance because if the car comes the other way, the car is automatically going to swerve in. And I think it's where a lot of the accidents happens as well. But you still need to obey the, the, the rules of the road. I think we're probably looking at the time you now where you have a lot of the cycling lanes and the lanes on the roads that are... As, look, I know Dublin's probably a lot busier, but down the countryside here. I'd always pick an area where there is a cycling lane or like we're probably looking with National Park here where you're off the road. I'm, I'm not, for one, of being on the main road, even in Chile, I come out the main uh, door of the garage station. I go the back of the roads walk hotel, that walk yeah. where they walk and then up around the back road where it's actually a very quiet, you know, there's a, a big climb and it, it's tough, but it's a quiet road, you've got a fluorescent jacket on and then I'm out by the canal and you're coming back in. And if you think of the canal in Chile, it's always busy, it's well lit up. And it's actually a nice run as well. Like there's a there's a bit of scenery there, but when it comes to the rules of the road, like you have to be I'm like we'd always say a single file, because if you're two or three breasts in the road, like the dangers of cars coming along because you, you you just don't know, like when, when people are driving, there's lock around their mind and stuff, and are they concentrating fully on the road? Just, that's the one thing I am always conscious in my own head, is that it's not you say you're thinking of the person that's coming against you, and are they fully aware that you're coming around the corner or that there's a group coming. You know,
0: just small things like that. Yeah. It's out of your control essentially. So okay, that's that sounds great. And that there's been some some brilliant advice there and it's uh like I think, as maybe said earlier, it's great to just to keep reinforcing and re- reminding people. And um, I'm sure all the athletics clubs and sports clubs around the country, you know, do push the high V's and, and they do try and remind their members. But it's great to have you on uh, in, your, in your role as a community guard to to reinforce that. So, really appreciate that. Um, so, we're just about to finish up. No, and the last question I have for you is any running goals in the future? It sounds like you've signed up for DCM. So, um anything else in the shorter term? Any more runs you might like to do or
1: yeah, I think that's there's a run now, I think Stephen's day. Like I I, I like the, the 10k runs. Um you know I, I remember like when we started before we did the half marathons, it was all 10k's. We just run three, four, 10ks um four days a week. And it's amazing when you start out first you saying the body is sore, and then you you get the great news of going, get a good pair of runners and that'll change it, or your... <laughs> and then you're looking at your hawk as now when you're and your Asics and but it is, I, I think, it was a few weeks back there, I think I got four pairs of runners I was going really going really at it. But um, no, like, I enjoy, like, we're we'll probably looking you, you have Alan Hardman and And you at the Hardman events where you have those mall gaps from them, those 10K. There's runs probably every week, like, if you look up yeah. enough. The great thing about them is, like, if you're doing a 10K, you're, you're talking about maybe 45, 50 minutes, not, they're there for people that are not pushing. You have your park runs every weekend. But I definitely was... I'd love to go at it one day where you're saying right, and go at this flat smack now for of time. I'm hoping that the next six weeks, when you're doing five k every day and mixing in the ten k's that come December the 14th. I think Stephen's day there's a run in three as well. but we just go for hammer and palms to see. It. Could could I not? I, I don't think I not 40 minutes now. I think it's kind of that age bracket where oh, yeah. 40 minutes. But the the five k I give you. Would. I think the park run in Clanclarn is lovely flat run as is one and three. The one or two dog left but. They're they're nice and flat as well, like. But it would be lovely just to to take those off to beat the forty minutes and the
0: twenty minutes. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I oh, know no, no doubt you'd, you'd be well able for it. Just it's the training, isn't it? This? but I uh, I wouldn't say say you'd be short of the hard work. So you you'll get there for sure. But um, but it'll be great fun along the way as well. So um, okay, and it's been brilliant. Uh, really, really appreciate you coming on, and I want to wish you the best of luck with your charity run with your work with CRY and um, obviously with your role as a, a community guard. And yeah, and uh, keep up the running. That's pr- fantastic. So thanks a million. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Aidan. Next up, Colin's interview with Keith Green.
2: Hi, good evening, everybody. Um, my name is Colin Wall. And today we welcome Lusk AC men's captain, Keith Green, uh, to the podcast. Uh, welcome, Keith. Thank you very much, Colin. Maybe uh start by telling us a little bit about yourself, um, where are you from? Family, work, how long are you living in Rush? The man behind the the warm-up
3: bands <laughs> Sure thing, okay well uh, firstly I'm 45 years of age, I was 45 in July Which was a good day because I got quicker overnight, I fell into a new age bracket Of course, yeah <laughs> um, Living in Rush since I think 2006, so what nearly, what's that, 17, 18 years, there, thereabouts um, married to the lovely Yvonne, three great kids. Chloe, who turned into a teenager this week. She was uh, 13 year old (laughs) this week. No, certainly the calm before the storm at the moment. Uh, We have Leah, who is 11 and we have Jack, who's eight. So uh, yeah, no, life in Rush is good. Um, And I'd, I'd go so far as to say, I've really enjoyed living in Rush more during COVID. I'd say we had a happy COVID. Okay. And that probably started to coincide with me taking running a bit more seriously as well. Oh that just leads me on um into sort of your running history. Um I suppose the first question is <clears throat> why do you run? It's something I'd always done. Um maybe as a teenager I played football like a lot of young fellas growing up. Um fell out of the habit at fifteen, sixteen, uh mid-twenties, realised I was doing very little and said I need to be doing something, so I would have been running a little bit, very ad hoc, you know, a run here, a run there, certainly no structure, certainly no routine. Um, but then I think when COVID kicked off, I realised early doors, and this was before I joined Lusk, I kind of realised a couple of things, I realised firstly, I, knew I had time on my hands that I didn't have before, that rat race, that commute to town, that commute home, wasn't there anymore, so I had that window of opportunity. But I think I got a sense that COVID could be dangerous. You know, you're sitting at home with uh, eating a pack of Maltesers here, a bit of cake there. I think we were all maybe treating ourselves because it was a, a peculiar old time. So mm. uh, I think for me, I recognised early doors that I needed to be doing something and found myself running maybe two, three, four times a week. So was applying myself that bit more.
2: So did it only kind of did you only start really taking it seriously? Running seriously during, up to recently
3: really are Yeah, well I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even say at that point that I was taking it seriously because maybe like a lot of, uh let's say casual runners, I was maybe going out doing the same run over and over again. There was no variety to it. You're pretty much doing the same route. You're pretty much doing the same pace. Mm. Um, and then it would have been in maybe June of that year, my sister Karen, who was interviewed in the last pod, Karen I think held an ambition of running a marathon and she knew that the best way the best angle of attack for her was going to be to join a club so she got herself involved with Lusk Athletic and she had been saying to me you know you really want to join the club you really should join the club but in my head I just didn't have the time um, didn't have that window of opportunity but now I think in June 2020 I'd, no, I'd run out of excuses and I said yeah. okay sure I'll go up and have a look and really there's no looking back since then yeah Um, <clears throat> Speaking of marathons, um,
2: I think you've run two, 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 two marathons. Two marathons, yeah. What, what
3: do you remember about your first marathon experience? Uh, it was hard. <laughs> um, where, where was it? Up in Belfast, oh. so Belfast 2021. <clears throat> and really, I had no, no particular ambitions of running a marathon when I joined the club. I had joined the club in June 2020. and. I started doing a bit of variety of different training, you know, the uh, bit of tempo, interval type work. And then later on that year, a lot of people who had intended to run Dublin, that had been canceled. People were doing the the virtual Dublin Marathon. I decided to get on board and run the virtual half. Mm, And I did quite well, actually. I ran just below 1.30, but I remember when I crossed that half marathon mark, I was emptied, I had nothing left. Um, and, but I think I remember saying to myself after that I've no desire to do that again and I've certainly no desire to do that twice that distance <laughs> yeah. but then I saw people in the club training and talking about Belfast early doors in the 2021 and um, I was having conversations with a few people around the club and maybe one person that has been very important to me and influential but in a very non-pushy way was Dwayne Moore So I was asking Dwayne, what do you think? And you know, Dwayne, he's a very honest straight guy. He was saying to me, I think you have the ability and I think, you know, you should give give it a go. And he was kind of helping me to determine what kind of pace I would, or what kind of target time I would do. So before I knew it, I'm signed up for Belfast and... Um, <laughs> happens a lot of uh, runners in before it's before they know it, they're involved in a marathon programme. <laughs> Absolutely, and the ironic thing is if, uh, if Dublin hadn't been cancelled that year, I wouldn't have run a marathon. So I ran, mm. I, I applied for Belfast on the basis that um, other people from the club were gonna be doing it because Dublin was cancelled because they all had these rollover type entries. Yeah. Um, so before you know it, there's a gang of us getting the train up. Um, there was a great old uh, bit of banter going up, that nervous kind of tension. Yeah. Um, we all went for a lovely Italian up there as well. We were all sitting around then after that in the, the foyer of a hotel. The most boring guests in the world ordering <laughs> glasses of water. The poor hotel didn't make a penny out of us. And that was it. Yeah, next thing it's uh, it's yeah. race day. We're standing in front of Stormont and here mm. we go. Yeah, and um
2: I know. I know. In your, your second ever marathon, you actually ran a, a sub three. That was in Dublin last year. It's true. Yeah. Can you like that's running a sub three is one of those kind of one of those iconic kind of things. Can you for your second marathon? Can you tell us a bit how that yeah. happened or what happened you remember to...
3: about this or? Yeah, it's something uh, to, be, to be truthful about it, I'm very proud of it. Um, what had happened was I had I had actually trained for three twenty in Belfast and I was in a brilliant training group but uh, the ravages of training for a marathon took hold with some of the gang and before you know it I was the only I was the last man standing in the 320 group so I had a word with Dwayne and said how do you think I'd get on with the the 310 group and he said you'll be fine so before you know it I'm training for Belfast for a 310 and ended up crossing the line in a 308 so straight away that created a, a niche that I had to scratch you know, it's eight minutes. Can I do it? I mm. think I can do it because really the memory from Belfast was that I worked bloody hard and it was a, it was a difficult run, particularly at the end. It's meant to be, but I felt it was there. Mm. So then going into the Dublin training plan last year, I went in motivated again in just a really solid, encouraging, positive training group. And there was Mark Don who'd already done a sub three. We'd need Neil Hogan who had paced the burn. But oh Neil, yeah,
2: of course Great yeah. guy mm. um,
3: So there was a great camaraderie And there was a great um, There was a great pull Within the group All pulling, pulling each other's along So A lot of very, very difficult training sessions Do you like um, training
2: in a group? Or are Because I know we had Gary on before And he was very much a
3: Solo yeah. Solo runner You know Do you prefer? It's a great question And I would I think that the usual answer from a lot of people when just before they join a club or as they join a club is that they they like running by themselves. And I think I would have kind of held that view as well. The truth of it is I love both. I like mm-hmm. time to myself. I love being in a group as well. And you know, there's particular runs where if you're going out for a leisurely run, you want to be by yourself. You like that bit of free time, not a care in the world, but those tough interval runs or those long. 24 26 28k 30k runs and um, some of those were really challenging and certainly my experience on them was some days you need to be pulled along whereas other days you're pulling along so absolutely strength and numbers but lovely to have the option of tipping out by yourself as well yeah
2: yeah um you've would have done a few races um along the way by now is there any any memorable or race moments that you can you can you can think of them.
3: yeah um, funny enough I was chatting to one of the lads in the club and he was telling me that a memory of his from the, the first Dublin City Marathon was getting passed out by a penguin no I have, no, I have nothing that compares to that best not to, to mention any
2: names
3: <laughs> Derek Nolan you know who you are but uh, maybe a really memorable run was uh, there was a 10k run through the Port Tunnel just before it opened to traffic oh I did, I, I did that actually. yeah 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 um, oh. so lovely to have the medal at home and obviously a unique experience so hot it was no, the, the the sweat dripping off the the alcove of the <laughs> oh, tunnel. I actually remember that, which it wasn't was in, pretty. It
2: was in December, so right. there was a delay at the start, and it was freezing at the start. Yeah, and then you go into the tunnel, and it's like, before you know it, there's people with no tops on, it's like, and it's so hot. Yeah, yeah, it's like a German rave or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> And um, and, it, and, it's, and it wasn't flat at all either. No, no, no. It was a real slope, I think. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I Jeff. suppose the hint was in tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was real. Um, I remember that one, all right, yeah. Um, so just getting back on to Los KC, you mentioned you joined in 2020. Obviously, that was tricky. That was a difficult time, actually, yeah. during COVID. So you probably couldn't really run with a group or, or anything like that either.
3: It what made it, you join during that, that time, say? Yeah, I suppose, well, the, the provocation was, A, Karen saying to me that um, this is a club for you. You will do well there. Um, the second part was the fact that we were now working from home. Um, but really, from the, the first night that I went up there, there's been no looking back. Um, what do you mean? I experienced things on that night which I think are incumbent upon me and others who are now established members in the club to pay it forward. So, the, the welcoming, the camaraderie, the arm around the shoulder. I think uh, certainly for adults joining any kind of a club, that first day, you're very exposed. You know, you're going up to a group of people that you don't know. Mm-hmm. I maybe had this false sense of or false understanding that a club or some uh, a running club, you will go up and you're now mixing with elite athletes. Mm-hmm. And in reality, I was going up just mixing with other adults, all ranges of ability, all shapes, all sizes, all with different aspirations, all different reasons for for running. But what I found was a a warmth and a welcoming. So certainly something that I took from that is uh, when we're doing our Tuesday warm-ups now, we absolutely make sure to find out who are the new members there, Mm. call them out, give them a round of applause and make them feel welcome because I think that first Mm. night is a moment that changes a lot of people's lives you know for me there's been no looking back but if you look at the the, the it's, range a doorway,
2: it's a doorway often and you don't know but it leads to for me it leads to you know a lot of people don't make friends yeah. new friends in their forties they've got their group of friends but like you say you joined Lusk and suddenly you're you're meeting you've 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 an outlet to a load of new people. Yeah. You meet people on a Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Spend more time with them than you did with your 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 old friends. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, it's like you say, it's 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 a great sign um, that you went down there, and you got such a welcome which is very encouraging for the club and I hope it's obviously it's continued for for, for new members who've joined you know in recent months and absolutely
3: well you certainly touched on something there where you know I would say for all my time living in rush joining the running club was probably the first time that I properly felt settled where I had my community uh, based on things that I wanted to do because so much operates around family life and the kids and nearly the people that you know and the friends that you make are byproducts of the kids activities whereas this was the first thing where I had I had my group of people and so certainly that was my um, my intro to to Lusk AC but you you know you look around at some of the other uh, people who are joining the club like we've, we've women who are coming up there who have reared families and that sense of Anxiety that they must feel that first run, you know, I'm gonna go up there and people are gonna judge Yeah, and it is the most non-judgmental encouraging Welcoming and then they're still coming up two three four months later You know people have asked like yourself, you know, you've asked about the marathon and um, the other type distances that I've done but for me a marathon is just a kilometer longer than 41 K for me, the big step that a lot of people take who join the club is going from 0 to 1K. That's the massive leap, and that's the piece that can be life-changing. And But certainly the, the community that it opens up is, there's nothing but good to be said for it.
2: Yeah, it's funny. It's, just, it's funny you're only talking about this. I was only talking to somebody about this today, um, about, you know, you might be in your 40s and adults. You've done loads of things, right? But there's still this anxiety. Just say you... I've moved to Lusk or Rush and you wanted to go to, it's huge anxiety to go yeah. into especially at night when it's a sea of high and lights and everyone seems to know each other it must be it's, it's, we don't know because we're in it now yeah but must be very anxious because the club is so big now yeah for someone to walk into the hub say on a Tuesday at yeah. quarter to seven yeah don't know anyone probably new to running it's like it's a um, maybe the question would be say any advice for someone who's listening and wondering if they should join a running yeah. club I say lost running club
3: yeah. what would you say to somebody who doesn't know if they, if they should go all across the road or not certainly will do you know what I'm going to turn that into two pieces of advice people for who are about to join or are thinking of it but people who are actually in the club so for anybody who is thinking about joining I've nothing but positive to say so whether you want to do the 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 fit for life the couch to 5k if you want to go for easy trots around lusk if you want to target a 5k if you want to target a half marathon a marathon or further we have all ranges you know we have people who will support and compliment and encourage and run with you no matter what your what your target is no matter what your ability is because i think the the thing about targets is they're they're individually held. So, yeah, I'm training for a 5K at the moment. Plenty of others are. But if somebody's ambition is to go for a gentle trot around Lusk on a Tuesday night, come on up. There's gonna be buckets of people there who have the exact same ambition for that night. I think that the, on the other side of it, as I say, is the, the advice for people who are actually in the club is never forget how you felt that first night, that mm. sense of intimidation. And That's again- That's important, you know. Um, I think that word, that, that phrase, pay it forward, you know, that thing at the Golden Gate Bridge in San Fran where you, you pay for the person behind you to cross the bridge. Um, we're custodians in the club. The people who join today will be the, you know, they'll be the established members in a couple of years' time. So never forget that you needed that arm around the shoulder. So when you see a new person, who's, it's their first or second night, give them the arm around the shoulder. But another piece I think, um, it's a piece that I've actually really enjoyed, is maybe realizing from the encouragement that I got from Dwayne and the just the quiet words of encouragement in the air to help me realize potential which let's face it I just didn't know that I had but it was Dwayne who was kind of subtly encouraging me in a non-pushy type of way I think you can do it I think you can do it not go do it or not you should do it it was I think you can do it what I've actually realized now as a 45 year old man is adults are just older children <laughs> we're yeah. never too old for you know that bit of uh, that but how often do you actually get that word in your ear you did well today you did really good you're working really hard mm. so it's a it's a side of things that I actually love but it
2: means as much now when you're 45 as you did when you were playing football when you're 15
3: absolutely and your dad say yeah. telling you you know what I mean <laughs> you um, tell me you know if somebody <laughs> sends you a, a message on whatsapp or if uh, somebody says to you in your ear particularly if somebody sends you a message Touch absolutely nailed it today. You're actually going to read that more than once.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know. It was one of my other questions, but I think you've actually you've, you've answered it. Um, I, I, one of the ones was if is there anybody in the in the uh, club you really admire, and if so, why? I Just know Dwayne Moore's name was cropped up more
3: than once here, so is was, it, would he be or? Yeah, um, but uh, look, I, I admire so many people in the mm. club for different reasons. So uh, Dwayne brings with him. Uh, a sense of experience and a sense of drive and a sense of organization and I think uh, every club needs people like Dwayne and we've got plenty of people like Dwayne but Dwayne has been important for me. Um, I'm gonna mention Karen again here because Karen was somebody who through drive, through commitment, through determination and through taking the knock of uh, a run that didn't go her way last year Dublin City Marathon, she took that as a motivation for this year so her sheer sense of Purpose and commitment was phenomenal. With people like uh, with people like Darren uh, Griffith, we have people like Paddy Downey, who are just knocking the lights out with marathons. But also, you know, the the people who are turning up on the first night, those Couch to Five K people who are literally making that life changing decision, they're actually a massive motivation. And um, so I'm not just motivated or uh, enthused by people who I perceive as being quicker than me. So it's not it's not a race to be the quickest mm. there's a range of skills and drive and people overcoming individual obstacles which can only inspire so yeah i i know i've mentioned wayne a couple of times but there are certainly so many individuals across the club that yeah uh, there's inspire. a lot of unsung heroes um Huge. and just on that actually yeah. like i'd say you know even the likes mm. of let's say annette foy who arranges the uh the lost four miler every year and you see a village coming together you see People even not involved in the club baking cakes and turning mm-hmm. up with all of this kind of stuff to turn on, turn out what for me is the best road race of the year. So mm. you're inspired by people's drive to produce an event like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and just for your, just you personally, um, what difference have you noticed in your own running
3: since you've joined the, since you've joined the club? Yeah, certainly. Um, well. You know it's a difference, uh, people will typically talk about times, I'm gonna start by talking about attitude and I'm gonna talk about uh, actual confidence and that comes from as I say people in the club investing their time and saying to me I think you're doing okay or I think uh, you know you're, you're working well, those kind of positive words of encouragement have been huge for my belief in myself. Um, as it happens just after Covid kicked off I ran my first ever sub 20 I uh, ran it locally, I hadn't yet joined Lusk and I literally ran in, in 1959. But since I joined the club, I'm down to about a 17.30. And I think oh. there's probably a little bit of room for improvement there. So clearly the training and the investment of the club in me has uh, paid dividends. And then, as I said, first marathon at a 3.08 and managed to nail a sub-3. Um, but I, I think, funny enough, you know, the. The shorter sharper races I think is where my, my real grot is I think that's where uh, that's the, the area I like to trade yeah I just <clears throat> speaking of 5k you're now um,
2: you know, coach of the of the, of the the famous yeah. 5k group Dr. Doom call <laughs> him Dr. Doom um, what made you decide to, to take on the
3: 5k group this year um, I felt it's something to offer in the first instance and it was, it's a distance that I've been targeting or was going, planning on targeting this year and I felt there was maybe a, an opportunity there, but there's a huge amount of structure in the club towards different uh, marathon plans, and I felt that, you know, certainly through those summer months, as the the, the marathon groups get more specific about their type of runs, I felt it was an opportunity for somebody to maybe step in and create a structure around that, and you know, we've a, we've an absolutely great gang doing it at the moment, and. I've no problem in saying to you, I'm a little bit worried now because we're going to have all the Martin Sly offs coming back trying to edge their way back into the yeah. group. And, stay in your uh, lane, Martiners. <laughs> stay in your lane, guys. But uh, there's, a, there's a great sense of um, positivity and there's a great sense of buy in from the, the, the 5K gang. And I'm so protective of them and I'm so fond of them. And actually, you know, fully enough, you were talking about uh, people who inspire you. You know, we, we've actually a, a lady in the group, Louisa, who. She just brings a sense of positivity And oh, nearly yeah. when, when Louise is not there There's nearly a sense of dread Like who's going to lift the mood here Because yeah. uh, they, they they know I'm going to torture them So who's going to be pushing that positive yeah. mood But no, in fairness We've, we've a great group And the, the buy-in that we have And actually seeing people achieve times That they didn't think was possible And seeing them elevate themselves to a level I get such a kick out of that I get such enjoyment out of it
2: Well that's, yeah That's I suppose one of my... Kind of pre- going on to my next question. Like, do you like coaching, and if so, what what is it about it that gives you the most satisfaction? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I do. I do like it, and I, I suppose with the coaching, um, do you feel like you're a coach, or is it, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, kind of yes and no. Like, I, I suppose <clears throat> the thing with coaching is just because you label yourself a coach, it doesn't mean that you're a coach. So it's easy to bark orders at people, but I, I think. Coaching is a bit more nuanced where you To get the best about of people. I think you need to have their investment in you. You need their buy-in Either have it or you don't you know, we all form views on people all the time. So I think with coaching and um, You need people to actually buy into Buy into you as a person buy into your methods and for me You know the coaching really in reality what I do is I put a plan out once a week and then we as a group coach each other along you know I'm the kind of figurehead, but in reality, I'll have bad weeks and there's people in that group pulling me along, and there's weeks where I'll be pulling people along, so it's, it is that kind of circle of positivity where you come together as a group and you bring the best out of each other, and I think that's really one of the, the key assets that the club can yeah, because you know, they're to tough, people.
2: they're tough sessions on a, on a GBC Yeah, well, uh, yeah. you see, last
3: week was what, the Torture Chamber and this week was the, uh, the Widow Widowmaker Widowmaker, yeah, I don't know where so. these names are coming from, they're getting worse <laughs> every week Kind of sets phone for sure, doesn't it?
2: Um, and I suppose, uh, do you prefer pacing or racing?
3: Um, Geez that's a tough one to call it. I, I suppose that the racing is the one that people <clears throat> tend to judge you by but that's that's the side of things that actually doesn't concern me whereby I know what I attribute to being a, a good race and if it doesn't happen you dust yourself off you go again Um I suppose everybody likes to have a quick time against their name you know I, I like actually I don't like saying to people I've done a sub 3 but I know for myself I like knowing that I've done it um, probably have no great aspirations of doing it again my view on that might change I don't know and I like knowing that I've done a quick 5k but again there's a certain kind of magic that goes from pacing somebody it's somebody is investing in you they are trusting you to help them achieve something that they didn't think was possible I think it's a great buzz pacing someone and they get a PB oh it's magic I kind of
2: nearly get more of a buzz than than they do
3: it's absolutely magical and Mm -hmm. you know I'm not going to diminish the importance of the the, the three hour paces on the marathon, where I brought them, they brought me to a certain point, and then I think maybe the 32 34k mark, I needed to take control of that race and said, Okay, right, lads, I'm just going to edge ahead of you. And that was me taking control for me. Um, but I think somebody asking you is an investment in you, it's an investment of trust in you, and then you trust in yourself to have the capability of doing it. But it's a, it's a shared success, and it that I, I think that's one of the great things about road races where. Look, we're not trading at that elite level where we're going to be doing 13 and a half minute 5Ks. We're not at that level. But everybody who goes out has an individual target, and we have a shared sense of success when people achieve those targets. We have a shared sense of, uh, look, next time when it doesn't quite go your way. Mm. So for such an individual sport, the shared achievement from individual successes is just phenomenal. Um, It is like the the mutual appreciation society when you cross that finish line and you see others they could be two minutes ahead of you, they could be two minutes behind you, but they've ran better, ran better than they've ever ran before and you get such a buzz out of that. So I just love that uh, race day. Uh,
2: yeah, and there's, a big, there's obviously a big crowd going to the the Jingle Bells 5K Jingle Bells, uh, can't wait. in a
3: few weeks. Um, yeah. So that should be exciting. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one because we'll have all the marathoners who are primed athletes now, but we have the, the 5K who've been really put through uh, some fairly gruesome... Um, maybe Stone Age-type uh, torture techniques <laughs> yeah. over the last number of weeks. So yeah. it's interesting to see what the results come come out. So um, not only are you
2: coach of the 5K group, you're also, you're also the men's club captain. Um, yeah. So how did this appointment come about? Ah, oh, secret society, Colm, you
3: know. It's so, and how much did you have to pay to get the gig? Ah, <laughs> oh, no, no. I, 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 it's like the Masters, Colm, if you know Master Sunday, where you, you get this elite, uh, elusive jacket. Or blaze, or so I'm told. Now mine hasn't arrived yet, and I'm, I'm apparently I can park anywhere in Lusk without getting yeah. A I believe there's
2: certain privilege, <laughs>
3: according to um, reports. <laughs> but, yeah, they haven't quite established themselves yet. I think they're on paper only. But yeah, no. Um, Is there any
2: like? Is, it, is this just a title or do you have any responsibilities it's pure, or? It's
3: pure title Colm I mean I, I haven't even got your respect so in reality it's emotional <laughs> that has to be earned Kate. come on <laughs> but uh, no it was, uh, I was asked mm. I, and I was hugely honoured and privileged to be asked um, I was asked by Colm and uh, by Dwayne and you know I'm only in the club three odd years so to join a club that's established what 20 odd years when I'm a, a Johnny come lately I, I did really take it as a a huge, um, a massive privilege really and again another investment in me that I have something that I think I can offer or the club seeing something in me that they think I can offer to others. So, um, in reality I suppose the role is somewhat undefined. Um, You know, I'd see probably a big role of mine as being, an important role as being a cheerleader for. Not just actually the men in the club because you know certainly my 5k, 10k group, we have uh, probably an equal mix between male and female and I'm mean i as invested in the, the women as I am in the men. Um, you know, that would be part of it. We, as a club we try to identify target races over the course of the year so certainly Jingle Bells would have been one that we targeted early doors, Dublin City Marathon, you'll have the Rahini 5 miler, we'll have a massive contingent at that, around 4 miler. Uh, we'll have the if Garristown. I'm yeah, great race. Best race in the calendar, our four miler. We'll have the Garristown 10k, Dunshockland 10k, and then you'll have the Martin Series as well. So, part of the role would be identifying what the key target races are. And then, some of those races, you know, as a club, we, we, we're not ashamed to say we'll be targeting success. So, again, recognising that we're not trading at that elite level, but we've got some really quick people in the club. Um, you know, I'm actually going to target the women here, whereby where you look at what Una Gaines has achieved. Uh, quickest lady in Dublin for her age category in Dublin marathon, phenomenal. Mm. And the, the women's teams have shot the lights out in the last twelve months with some of their achievements.
2: That's with Dara Alfred coming back
3: Dara after two well. children, having an amazing marathon. Oh, yeah, you talk about inspirations. You know, a year after mm. childbirth, she comes back and delivers what a three thirteen or three sixteen marathon, phenomenal, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, maybe per- aside from targeting races and being a cheerleader for the people in the club, it's or the uh, the yeah, the people in the club it's that's probably it and the bracket obviously uh, yeah, I'm yeah having the blazer te- yeah yet <laughs> to be delivered but I'm looking forward to it <laughs> I gather it's fabulous <laughs> yeah. I
2: wouldn't I wouldn't know <laughs> um, so our last few questions we'll keep these short and sharp sure um, most exotic or memorable race
3: Maybe the Port Tunnel, yeah I haven't yeah. Uh, I haven't run the the back roads of Australia Or in yeah. Hawaii or anything like that So unfortunately yeah. the Port Tunnel with uh, sweat dripping on me um, Sounds a bit erratic maybe <laughs> <laughs> What
2: would be um,
3: a typical training week for you? Like how many miles or k's would you typically run? Yeah, um, massively different to last year actually Last year obviously marathon mode You would have been talking anywhere between 70, 80, 90k a week This year took a step back from the marathon And Most weeks you're probably talking three runs, 30, 40k, so speed session, uh, tempo session, and then a long run at the weekend. If I do two, I'm happy. If I do one, I'm not not killing myself. So since I've kind of fallen out that marathon uh, mindset, I've actually been very relaxed with myself. And I think that's important too, that you can't be, in my mind, primed all year, every year. You know, you need to let the body recover and, let yourself be a bit ill-disciplined from time to time So certainly this year for me was one to Step back from the running a little bit But still be, you know Competitive and targeting the, the, the 5 and mm-hmm. the 10k races um, Favourite place to train? Rush uh, Rush has just the best roads, you know there's, You don't have to go too far to find a hill We've got stunning scenery, two beaches um, Love Rush and then Lusk could be a close second And actually would have done a lot of mileage in Donabate training for the Marathon as well. Donabate yeah. has some stunning runs, but Fingal, North County for sure.
2: Um, so, um, what, no family are allowed in this though. What, what three people from the club would you bring with you if you're stuck on a desert island? <laughs> okay. Ooh. Not allowed to say Karen.
3: <laughs> Not allowed to say Karen. Okay, because I was going to say Dwayne, because he's always been that um, maybe that positive influence. Karen would always have been the sound of the ball. Geez, do you hear what Dwayne said? You know, I'll get her to kind of taper my expectations. So, no, Karen. I'm actually going to throw Neil Hogan in there as well because uh, Neil is a, he's a gem. He's a, he's a laugh a minute and he's an incredibly quick runner, great runner. Was really unfortunate with injury last year, but with, with Neil, when you're running, you're laughing as well. <laughs> yeah, not great for breathing, though, I'll say, yeah. but Neil is, a, Neil is a gem. And then your third? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go two for the price of one. I'm actually gonna go Una and Sheila, um, because we've um, that's just greedy now. <laughs> no, well, you, look, you you, you you need a battle of the sexes on the on the on the desert island, but I, I, again, Una and Sheila will taper the men, but again, they'll bring positivity and they'll bring a different dynamic, and they would bring parts of my personality and ability out that let's face it. Neil just can't, you know, Neil okay. will not get me laughing Okay um, And any race superstitions? No, not really, just uh, one foot in front of the other You know, if you manage to put both of your runners on, you'll be grand Okay Just give it, give it your best And um, um, Yeah, so you, when you
2: were training for your marathons Like you would have had to do a lot of Obviously long runs on a Saturday yeah, yeah. or a Sunday with your training group Yeah So you, I remember you get to know people very well on the yeah. training group. So you get to, and a lot of the mantras, was, what happens in the training group are on the training run, stays on the training run. Yeah. <laughs> so that should be the case. It on should the, be. <laughs> podcast it should be. Yeah. Uh, are. You know, it's like a confessional, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um so th- is there any, uh, anything memorable, <laughs> funny or interesting you can remember from those long <laughs> training runs? Well, um, yeah. without <laughs> dropping somebody in it.
3: <laughs> right. So um without giving names, maybe We'd say K Powderly. No, that might be too obvious. We'd say mm. and no one knows him. Kevin P. <laughs> Maybe Kevin P. we keep it relatively anonymous. Um, I'd actually gotten through all my own marathon training. And it, this was the year of the Belfast Marathon. So most of us had done Belfast, but Kevin stayed loyal to Dublin and opted to uh, do the Dublin uh, Marathon virtually. So I said, right, Grant, I'm not doing a full marathon, but what I'll do is... Get your first half done and I'll pace you along for your second half. Kevin says, great. So Kevin's clip-clopping along nicely, 13 miles on. I jump in and off we, tr- uh, off we trot. So we'd only gone, when I say we'd only gone a couple of miles, Kevin was obviously 13 miles deep at this stage, but we'd, we'd gone about three or four miles beyond. And uh, Kevin started to struggle with cramp a little bit. So we stopped for a bit, tried to walk it out. Right, grand, we go again. So we trot on for another couple of miles, cramp starts re-emerging, right? Grand, this isn't great, but Kevin is absolutely determined. We're plowing on. So on we trot. So in the back rows to bally bockle anyhow, uh, Kevin's leg decides to go into full spasm. So we're on a at the side of a ditch on a windy, lonely road. Kevin is down on his back, I'm on my knees, Kevin has his leg over my shoulder. This paints an awful picture. <laughs> It's not great now. See, if locals drive them past, you two middle-aged, sweaty men wearing vests, one with his leg over the other fellow's shoulder, and um, there's no, no no nice way to describe it really, other than to say that uh, Kevin finished his marathon, but uh, both of us went home with dignity absolutely not intact. <laughs> So uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, the, the community watch probably got a couple of phone calls that day yeah, of uh, I, peculiar activity. So you were talking with the ballybackle buckle in uh, that night anyway. Uh, yeah, driving I'm, I'm past sure I was. Day. I haven't gone back there since some phone Thunkard any time soon. <laughs> All right, very good. Poor old Kevin. now. Uh, <clears throat> we'll try and keep his name out of it. Oh, did I say Kevin? Let's, let's
2: call him not Kevin. Yeah, KP. <laughs> KP. might work. <laughs> Have you any uh, running goals for the rest of the year or...? for yourself or? Yeah we're doing the,
3: the <laughs> run in the dark next Tuesday looking forward to that actually now it's going to be a really well attended event it is every year uh, probably isn't that maybe as a, a time trial Oh so that's and next then, year it's November what, 14th is uh, it? Uh, what or, date is it? I can't even remember what date next Tuesday anyhow yeah it's the 14th yeah. and then we have the Jingle Bells early December as well so great race quick downhill finish so again we'll have the Marathon we'll have a big contingent at that and uh, probably won't be at the same peak fitness that it was last year but you know i'm gonna i'm gonna give it socks and wherever it lands it lands okay
2: well listen keith thanks very much for uh for joining us on on the podcast today it's been interesting um so thanks very much very welcome
0: thank you all for tuning in we really appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed the show i'd like to thank our guests Aidan O'Mahony and keith green I'd also like to thank the Lusk AC podcast team: Colin Brown, Julie Griffith, Nicole Hodson, Dwayne Moore, Sean Smith, and Colin Wall. Good luck to everyone in the Jingle Bells 5K and in the upcoming cross-country and national indoor arena events. As always, all the best from Lusk AC.